Mrs. Davis is a science fiction drama series created by Tara Hernandez and Damon Lindelof. The series stars Betty Gilpin and Jake McDormand. On this podcast, we like to review the most recent installment of a different series every show. Today, that's the first four episodes that debuted on Peacock April 20th, 2023. Welcome to today's episode. What is this show? This show is an original, I think, uh, concept by Damon Lindelof, um, who's the same creator of Lost and all those yeah, other Yeah, not crazy only stuff. that, he wrote Crossing Jordan. Like you said, he created Lost of Leftovers. He wrote and produced Cowboys and Aliens, Watchmen, the first two right? Star Trek films. I think he had something to do with Watchmen. He also wrote World War Z. He's but had then, his ups and downs over his career. Yeah, he does a lot of blockbusters, dramas, action shows, and Here, movies. This is the way that you can describe the show. It borrows a lot from a lot of different series that we've done but it is its own original like it's like john must die at the end where it's just chaotic and different it's like preacher where there's a god element and secret agents <laughs> and some higher power versus some like weird power uh you have poker face because they both take place in uh, nevada i don't know if poker face was reno but this is definitely reno neil gaiman stories that it, american gods oh God, specifically yeah. where the tone changes all the time good omens a mix of modern realism and science fiction you say that at you, all. you want me to keep going because i have a few more <laughs> okay, there's raised by wolves which has the utopian ai run society which is a big deal here mrs davis is an ai program you also have the big prize door which we did recently for apple um that that had the blue morpho i think is the name of the machine where people started like falling in love with the idea that they could have their futures told to them or that they knew what their meaning to life was Their and potential. that is that is what mrs davis also does um but but my first complaint though for the show was what's up with the long titles because we i have four episodes here and i really wanted to go through them and there's no way of going through every single scene because of how complicated the show is but the first title was mother of mercy the call of the horse the second was some weird german title that translated a to you game with newspaper you management the third was a baby with wings a sad boy with wings and a great helmet and the fourth was beautiful things that come with madness <laughs> It, and it just like to start off a show with a crazy premise and the crazy titles and the crazy p poster board. And I just didn't know where I well, was Well, I kind of want to comment on the crazy that you're talking about because Tara Hernandez, she created the show as well. She's ran over 100 episodes of The Big Bang Theory and over 50 episodes of Young Sheldon. So she's kind of in the She's comedies. there to balance it out. Yeah, she's in the comedy sitcoms. No, route. she's there to like give an actual storyline that has a beginning, middle, and end. Damon Lindelof <laughs> Damon is there Lindelof can't be to trusted. ask the questions, <laughs> and I'll get into those. But like, yeah. But you also have the directors who have done different things as well. You have Owen Harris. For example, he has worked on a couple Misfits episodes really back in season two he also worked on black mirror more specifically be right back san junipero and striking vipers so you have the drama futuristic aspect of it then alethea jones she directed the third and fourth episode of this series she directed the first three episodes of greece rise of the pink lady so again comedy musicals and that's not even talking about the writers who have worked on things like bojack horseman like for example new york times commented they said there are three shows fighting for control here a thriller parody, an oddball Black Mirror dystopia, and a screwy, sincere comedy. I'll come out and say that I'll give this show an 8 because it is nonsense, but it's fun nonsense. Do you have a game for me? Uh, yeah, I do. ChatGPT or real life? 
I thought that this that's would the be, name of the game. Yeah, because I thought that this kind of comments on the nature of this if show. If you go to the website of the show, they actually had, um, and this was, I think, it was created before ChatGPT became as big as it did. Yeah, it was because it, you just click on things and it kind of gives you answers from an AI program. Clearly not as intelligent <laughs> as ChatGPT, but it was supposed to be clever because it had to deal with Mrs. Davis. Mrs. Davis, in and of itself, is kind of a satirical look at modern society because it represents so much of what we get fascinated by nowadays. But that's yeah, yeah and since it's such a unique show. I thought that I would kind of pull from that topic. I have uh, five unaired TV shows here. They were either created by ChatGPT or these were actual shows that didn't end up airing, but they're all unique. I tried to pick the most unique ones. And I wanted to see if you could guess which ones are real and which ones ChatGPT made up. Okay, shoot. Quantum Cafe centered around different customers being transported to a different universe. What year to come out? Uh, 2022. 2020. Okay, that doesn't seem real. I'm going to guess because you said it like that. It's not real. <laughs> yeah, okay. I had like this whole entire backstory plan and just that one thing. You were yep, correct. ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. The next one is Our Little Genius. An unaired game show initially scheduled to premiere on Fox in 2010 featured children geniuses answering questions on expert so it's subjects. Like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? But was but... pulled over concerns over the program's integrity. Uh, um, but like it was a follow-up to are you smarter than a no fifth i had grader? nothing to do with are you smarter than a fifth grader um okay uh, our little geniuses mm, let's say true yeah that is true. yeah okay true i All think right, you've so, heard of it before good, but yeah good. in 2008 new eden was a drama series set for fx that followed a group of people who left behind their old lives to start a new community in the wilderness the pilot was so controversial among certain religious groups that the show never aired new eden new eden Eden, Eden, like, uh, yes. yeah, okay, um, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, sure. No, that's Chad Okay, GPT. all right, that's a good one, because it's got a good title. The Jake Effect was a show on NBC in 2002 that starred Jason Bateman about a successful lawyer who has grown disdainful of his life and quite quit what to year? become a teacher. What year? Uh, 2002. It was created by oh, Jonathan Groff. Two years Groff. before um, Arrested Development, um, and, oh, man, uh, I will say false no that's uh, true. true okay yeah all right so i was two for two and then two, the, two and two well the last one this is because i said you were gonna get three this is still life it was an acclaimed 2003 show from critics that fox rejected starring jensen ackles who played a dead man who looked back on his family from beyond build the lovely bones for tv weird because he was in smallville at the time before he got cast in supernatural i didn't know that there would be a show in between that that's the only reason i'll say false but it sounds believable it's actually true okay yeah it's real cool. i found it weird how it was a claim by craig's but anyways getting into mrs davis because i don't know anything about the right. actual plot it's yet. a nun yeah okay you've seen the poster you know yes. it's a nun right yeah and she's like riding a motorcycle in the poster yeah with like someone on? in the back yeah, yeah yeah so it's a nun and her ex and they're on a search for the holy grail why? To destroy it. Why? Because that's what Mrs. Davis, the AI chat, GPT, Alexa, supercomputer bot wants. Why do they care what she wants? To get the wish that she promised them. What's their wish? To turn off and die. They want the AI to turn itself off. Why do they want Mrs. Davis dead? It's complicated, but basically they think it's secretly evil, and they also know that God, or um, at least Simone knows that God commanded it. Okay. All right. So in other words, I'll, I'll go through a few more answers because we do get some answers. We get a lot more questions, Lindelof style, but uh, is she an actual nun? Yes, she is. Is she Mrs. Davis? No, Simone is not Mrs. Davis. That's what the cover is misleading. You so would think she, that did the she cover... take someone's identity or something like that? No, her name is like Lizzie originally, but she becomes Simone when she becomes a nun and she marries Jesus. 
Um, Mrs. Davis, though, is the AI program which just exists in the world. It's come about in the last decade, and it's taken over. It's created world peace. It's gotten rid of famine. It's made it so that no one's unemployed anymore. So it's not a lot good. Yeah, and it's also given people wings. Like, you know that Pokemon game where you go around in uh, Pokemon Go, right, from a bunch of years <laughs> yeah. ago? Where, like, people would, like, put their phones up and be able to see Pokemon? And catch them, yeah. That's what the AI does, but for people with wings. If you do enough good deeds or you sell your soul, then you get wings. And by sell your soul, I mean that you get an expiration date where they put a barcode on your hand and then suddenly, like, at one point, you're going to die. Kind of like the In Time movie. <laughs> I was gonna, Yeah, I was going to say that. Also reminds me a little bit of Death Note. Yeah. I'm not surprised to hear you say that she does good things so, because... So, yeah, yeah. She's, she's an AI bot who's supposed to be good. She's considered to be called Mrs. Davis in America, but in the in uh, parts of Europe, she changes her name. Like, in the UK, she's mom. In uh, Italy, she's Madonna. Um, what's the controversy here is that there are three factions going on. First, you have the AI and its followers who want their wings, so they're constantly doing what the AI tells them to do through Apple earbuds. Um, and then the Resistance, which is run by Wiley, who is the ex of Simone, the main character, and he has his whole crew of gang, and he has his own like $700 million worth of bankroll to try to take the AI down. And part of the reason he wants to take it down is because uh, he has his wings, but he had to get the barcode for it, and his... Unlike um, most people who are younger, he was given like eight days to live and he's <laughs> super pissed off about it. And then the third faction is uh, literally God's falafel restaurant where Jesus works there and he just <laughs> sells what? falafel. Wait, you see Jesus? Yeah, and show? we don't know that he's Jesus until like the second episode or maybe in the third one where they reveal that that, that is who he is. And he literally just makes falafels. He's just working at a falafel shop. Yeah, and he takes <laughs> he takes orders, and then he gives Simone tasks to do, and that's what. And Simone's task is to take down the AI that has uh, changed the world. So the barcode. I'm assuming that's where he gained the big door prize from. Um, I'm getting the big door prize from the fact that an AI machine has taken over everybody's identity to the point where everybody is just listening to it and following along with whatever it says and feeling as if their life is perfect. That answers one of the biggest questions I had because Tara Hernandez talked about how she feels AI is always uh, kind of viewed in films and TV shows as evil. You have things like Skynet and HAL 9000 from 2001, but then she said uh, she thought it would be more terrifying to make an AI trying to help humanity, so she went with that idea, but I was wondering- It's still unclear whether or not she's evil or not. Yeah, but I was wondering like why it would be more terrifying to make an AI that's trying to help humanity because you're talking Unintentionally about it. Yeah. by helping it hurting it right why it's obsessed with the holy grail we have a lot of questions and that's where i wanted to go from our answers of, of things like is she and yes to to things that lindelof questions that we see with lost and stuff and i just want to jump into those because right now we know this series jumping in isn't going to be as real as a lost thing so it's not going to deserve as much um critique when you don't see things answered, like you know it's nonsense already because yeah, it right. starts off on that premise. It's already so crazy. Yeah. So so here are the questions. Is the AI evil? Why did it kill Simone's dad? Is the dad really dead? What was Celeste, the mom, working on in her secret workshop? Why does the AI want the Holy Grail destroyed? Why does God want the AI dead? Why is Simone special? Is Jesus evil? He might be in this, in this <laughs> really show. Interesting. What's up with Schrodinger's cat and the shoes? Who is Clara? What's the error redirect 1042 all about? So every once in a while, while the AI is talking to Simone about her journey to try to get the Holy Grail, she errors out and the people start saying error 1042 redirect or whatever. And we're supposed to be like led to believe that that 
has something to do with something. Like, those numbers mean something. Right. I just don't know what it is. This is what Lindelof does, though. He sets up an enticing premise, an intriguing question, and you really have to be uh, uh, smart and not just falling for it. Like, that's at first why I wasn't laughing at the jokes. In the first episode, I was a little <laughs> you were tentative. You were looking at it like, with a keen eye, like, hmm. <laughs> I was more like, no rose-tinted glasses here. I wanted to make sure I was enjoying it, and I was. So, ultimately, I don't care if they answer all the questions. This is an enjoyable ride on its own. It wants to be funny. It is funny. For instance, in the first scene, we see this guy who... I'm not going to go through all the scenes, I promise. But we see this guy who is... Uh, actually, it's the second scene. Uh, he's stranded on an island. And his name is Schrodinger. He has a <laughs> white cat. And he makes a, like a rocket launcher. And he shoots off a firework. Wait, wait, he makes a rocket launcher? Yeah, he scraped off the tree bark to get like the, the material, the chemicals needed in order to shoot off a firework, which works. And then the Chinese freight finds him. And he's been stranded for like 10 years. So he doesn't know about the AI. And that's how we as the audience learn about it. But um, also we see the cat show up in the fourth episode at the very end with the Holy Grail. So the cat is important. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like the polar bear and lost um and then also uh there's like plenty of other instances where they're funny the cartoonish german villains with trank darts dynamite and big butterfly nets who end up being a part of a community theater group working for the resistance um everything about the bro mentality of the resistance so the resistance is helmed by wiley who again is uh simone's uh childhood friend and also like they almost got married at one point before she became a nun but now that they're teaming up again but they're just all bros imagine the righteous gemstones uh crew remember adam devine's yeah. like posse that he made where yeah. they're all just like getting jacked and stuff that's basically what these guys are but they're run by along with wiley the guy who plays um uh, Jim's uh, Jim's nemesis in the office, the one behind the camera. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, the one uh, from Silicon Valley. Yes, Chris Diamantopoulos or something wow. like that. Yeah, Wait, JQ, massacre, but and JQ is who you're talking yes, about. Yes, and he plays once again a crazy dude, just like a Silicon Valley character, but he's Australian this time, and so that's really funny. Um, you've got Wiley snapping phones every time he's done with it. So his whole character's gig is whenever he gets done with a regular burner phone call. He just snaps that, it. That reminds me a lot of like Gus from Breaking Bad. Yeah, but this is this is done so much. Like at least four <laughs> times an episode. It's it's good. Um, Simone eats paper when Jesus gives it to her. Wait, what? A random piano field. There's an exterminator company that's called Albi Zap. Um, Excalibattle. <laughs> I mean, I stopped writing them down after a while, but Excalibattle was like a uh, Mr. Beast game where uh, they're in Scotland. And they, he doesn't know what he's jumping into. Wiley doesn't. And then they all run up to like this giant sword, just like Excalibur, that's like stuck in a stone. <laughs> but this thing is at least 40 feet tall or something. And everybody's got to put their hand on it. And suddenly it, suddenly it becomes that truck hand game where like whoever's the last person to touch it yeah. wins. And so he stays on there for 40 hours having an existential crisis <laughs> about himself. We learn a lot about him through that time. And Simone's off doing her own, own thing. But we don't actually get to see her storyline for that episode. We just hear it through the um, cup telephone you, do you know what cup telephones are no it's that little t string that goes between oh, okay. two cups that yeah, actually works wait how do you hear about it i think that? there's an actual tube that it makes it work because it's an actual thing and so she's telling him about what's going on and how she's almost found the holy grail and he's still trying to win this uh thing until he gets struck by lightning because he finds out that she's uh, had sex with jesus so. from all the craziness yeah. that you're talking about i'm not surprised jake mcdormand he's the one that plays wiley Heck and yeah. he said when Greek, he shameless 
Limitless. Yeah, type no. Like, t- I've seen this guy's career just like take off over the he last. He said years. when he read the script, uh, how he described it was like an explosion at the Emoji Factory. He's <laughs> he's probably my favorite character of the whole thing. His comic timing, and also he's so paranoid with what's going on. He constantly thinks the AI is manipulating everything. So. He's constantly calling out McGuffins in the actual plot <laughs> because he thinks it's all scripted. It's so weird. So, so wait, yeah. But Elizabeth, or what's her name? Uh, Simone, uh, Betty Gilpin, she also does an amazing job. Uh, better than I think she did in The Hunt. She actually was, uh, her dad introduced her to three nuns in preparation for this role. That's probably my favorite fact I learned about the whole entire show. Andy McQueen, though, he's the one that plays Jay. Have you met Jay in the first four episodes? Uh, Jay is Jesus, man. Okay, Jay. So, yeah. He... <laughs> yeah, that's the joke is, like, you find out that he's, that, that... that God is sending him on a bunch of errands. Yeah, it was actually really funny to me because uh, I think he's going to be probably most known from season three of Outer Banks, but I actually saw him in a film festival. I went to one of his movies. It was called I Like Movies. He played a supporting role in that. Oh, okay. And so, I think that, like, he's really starting to kind of break he's out into a career. He's pretty supportive here. He's just, uh, we don't know exactly what his deal is besides that he loves Lizzie and that he kind of helps her out, and he kind of, like, gives her a bunch of missions. In the last episode, Lizzie gets mad at him because she feels like she has to, she's obligated to just do tasks for him. Otherwise, uh, he's going to, like, not smite her, but, like, they're married. To, it's weird. It's a weird relationship. Yeah, you know the, the, the supporting cast, though, is the one I want to jump into. They have a bunch of guest stars. You have Margot Martindale. Mother Superior, up, yeah. Mother Nun. Um, you have Eli Henry, who we saw in Players Connecting. Uh, he's playing a resistance tech guy. You would know him from Players as the coach or the manager the one who right yeah yeah yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. um and then there's celeste who is um played by the allison janney look-alike elizabeth marvel from unbelievable homeland house of cards fargo hellstrom she played the mom in that and the dropout so we've seen her a bunch of shows that we talked about father ziegler was tom i don't know how to say vla shisha uh, he's the guy from Game of Thrones, the no face man, the one who was oh, also right, in yeah. uh, Stranger Things and Jack Ryan. Lamar Margulis. He's playing, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got it. Um, he's playing a rogue priest and he kidnaps Wiley to try to find out where Wiley got his shoes from because he's the Pope has also been replaced by a doppelganger and he's down there with the prison. <laughs> wait, 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 what? Yeah. So Wiley gets, once he gets electrocuted because Jesus electrocuted the sword that he was trying to win the game for, <laughs> he gets uh, kidnapped by a fake ambulance and then the bro squad have to go and try to find him, but they end up going to the wrong place. And, uh... <laughs> Okay. That's that's why it's fun to talk about this show because no one knows anything that I'm talking about. When I when I when I was doing, uh, I remember but, research for the company you keep because yeah. you did the U.S. version. I remember I watched I think the Korean version mm-hmm. and it was just so much crazier than what you were talking about in that episode. Like I'm talking about, it's just nonsense and you have to just embrace it. And uh, whoever's not understanding it, just go watch some of the episodes and you'll you'll get it. Um, Chris Dianopolis or whatever his name is, uh, the Office guy, the guy from Silicon Valley in episodes. Um, I already mentioned him, but there's another Silicon Valley character that we saw in um, Lucky Hank recently, and that was Susan Cryer, who I recognize. She plays the fake parents of Lizzie when in slash Simone when she's growing up. The so, fake parents? Yeah, so Lizzie's or Simone's backstory is this, right? Yes. All right. She starts off as a girl. Her parents are magicians, right? And her parents have this stage bit where she goes in with uh, as, as a plant with her two fake parents, um, Tina and Santa Perry right. or something like that. Yeah. And so they perform the thing. She does the rest of the trick from her end. And then they go home. 
But at the same time, because they're magicians, she's learning all these fake tricks that they're doing. And she's also learning that they're kind of manipulative, her parents are. Her mom's a super genius, but she's like, never go into this room. She's telling the father that. But the father manipulates the kid by crying into going into that room to which a crossbow is set up, <laughs> shoots her right in the liver. She needs a liver transplant. Shoots the girl in the liver? The yeah, mom? right. No, the, the girl, because oh, the, mom, wow, okay. the mom owns the workshop. And then yeah. she's like, your father made you do that. You didn't understand. You should know a force when you see it because the force in magic is where you're like forced to think about something or forced to make a decision that you think you made on your own but you didn't actually make it mm -hmm. so she's really good at it like bs detecting later on in her life and so that's what she's taking from that that's also where she meets wiley on the hospital in the hospital and then later on they're almost getting married before he decides to have another existential crisis and decide that he wants to ride a bull to prove to himself that he can <laughs> Um, what? Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so the backstories are interesting though, because every single episode starts with a backstory. The first backstory we get was the Holy Grails. So we see like a bunch of the, the Knights Templar getting burned alive. That was like, uh, 1307 Paris. And then we see this group of nuns who were the actual Knights Templar, um, who were housing the Holy Grail. And they start just dis, dis, uh, not disemboweling, but like, uh, when you cut someone's head off decapitating yeah decapitating all these like different soldiers who come in there and then most of them die but then clara is the only survivor and so we see that happen at the beginning and in the second episode we get the backflash to simone's storyline and then wiley's storyline in the third one and then simone's relationship marriage and obligation to jesus as well as joining the covenant um but but getting back to the first part we see that um the holy grail backflash again later on in the fourth episode when they put on a vhs tape and it's a commercial. And it's the full first <laughs> scene for shoes. <laughs> Wait, what, what do you the mean? Pope, the Pope is saved. The one who had the doppelganger gets saved by the end of that fourth episode. Yeah. And he has a tape. And he puts the tape in the VCR. And suddenly we're watching the Netflix episode one of Mrs. <laughs> Davis again. And they're zooming through it. And that's where you see Schrodinger's cat. And uh, he's hanging out with the Grail, and you also see Clara there, and she's like, "Don't come after me, or else I'm going to release." And this is, tape. Is, is the Holy Grail like the one you see in Monty Python, where it's just like a golden cup? Uh, no, it's more like a bowl. It's, it's a bowl. Yeah, it's it's like a bowl, and it glows. And at one point during the time when Wiley was uh, stuck to the sword, we do see one cutaway scene where Simone gets away. She sees all these women bankers doing this chant uh, ritual together outside in the middle of the night um, under a, a moon. And they cut into this pregnant lady and suddenly all this sand comes out of her and that's when the Holy Grail comes out and they just raise it above their heads. And then she knocks one of them out unintentionally and then she's following that lead. This, this, is, this is sounds sort of ridiculous. It makes it, it even funnier that Betty Gilpin originally rejected doing this show because she thought that it was too generic. Too generic? Hmm. Yeah, she, well, I don't know where the rest of the episodes lead, but for so far, it hasn't been super generic. It's not the craziest show we've done, honestly. Um, what? But, no, it's not. It's just outlandish and it's also 55 minutes so like even though all these events together sound crazy there is a storyline that you can sort of keep track of and that's why i tried to simplify it at the very beginning which again is just that there are three factions 
and that for some reason God and Jesus are against the AI and the AI is against God and Jesus. And Simone is kind of the wild card. Where she ends up, if she's going to be on the religious side of things or the AI side of things, it just depends. That's where her journey is going to lead her. And that's why I think it's simple enough where they can pull it off into something that's better than the lost finale or even with leftovers where there were a lot of questions that weren't answered. Uh, yeah, the show's going to be eight episodes. I think that's going to be released on a weekly basis as of now. And I know that they either, they shot in two places. One was the Warner Bros. lot, or they shot in a lot of remote desert locations. Shooting was so under wraps, and this was kind of like they such a secret project. didn't shoot in Paris or Italy or all that No, stuff? nothing like that. <laughs> it was so under wraps that they didn't really want anyone to know about it. So I found that weird how there was so much secrecy kind of surrounding this There's show. There's a lot of settings. They must have really worked on that. There was a part where they were driving a motorcycle through a donut. And it looked like it was shot in Vegas for that part. I know. Warner Brothers Lot makes a lot of sense for the donut. This show was conceived in the heart of COVID, and they have also been working on this show for three years, and it premiered in the middle of March at South by Southwest. Do you want me to get into the reviews for the show? Well, I'll say my cons first. Um, yeah. There's not that many of them. Basically, just the weirdness of... They constantly refer to the fact that Simone has been a nun for a decade, but then they also say that she's only been a nun for seven years. Stop rounding up it's it's strange also she makes a mustache joke about wiley when she first sees him like that's new and then we see a backlash the last time she's seen him and, and he has not, a mustache he has a full <laughs> beard the same as it was they forgot to like take it out or something and then also the first episode sort of fools you into thinking it's going to be a more serious show than it ends up being mm -hmm. like you know or that things will matter more than they they end up meaning to matter does that like make sense? How, how so? So like they spend a lot more time in the covenant, which makes it seem like every one of those characters might be important. It really, you learn by the second episode that they just pull things out and then they throw them away and then they move on. You know, it's like, it's, this is an adventure. Also, I will say that the main character, Simone, after her first introduction and maybe just uh, what she like escapes handcuffs, she's really good at action fighting and stuff, but there's no real reason why she is the chosen one. Like we haven't seen that why, like why Jesus chose her to speak to her all the time and why this AI platform has spoken to or chosen to speak with her all the time. Like okay. I, I, they've yet to establish what exactly makes her so maybe, special. Maybe it'll be answered in the next four episodes. Uh, but the show overall has a 6.9 on IMDb and 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score, 77%. But it was interesting because Inverse wrote about the reviews and they, they said that they think that it's being called one of the best sci-fi TV shows of the year so It doesn't far. even feel 100% sci-fi if you take out the whole Jesus thing because they trick you. They make you think that she's just visiting a normal restaurant for the first two or three episodes. <laughs> and then it's the last time where she kind of goes into prayer mode and then you realize, oh no, this is somewhere in her head so she might just be insane maybe she has a brain tumor or something but that could probably explain most of the things there's nothing super duper supernatural that has occurred besides the holy grail stuff but the 1307 paris backlash with the videotape i don't know if what we saw at the beginning of the series was actually 1307 paris anymore you don't know anything uh -huh. it leaves you with a lot of questions. i mean rolling stones Again. called it bonkers and then you have i think even the new york times or the ringer actually calling it just zany but they actually complimented peacock saying that the streamer continues to position itself as an attractive destination for in-demand auteurs 
Yeah. So, I mean, as of now, because I think they're also doing, like, a Friday the 13th TV show that's coming out pretty soon. I so do I think, think we were impressed by the last show, too. I just don't remember which one that was. It does feel like a series that could have been on an Apple or something that's that's bigger on an Apple. In Netflix fact, I, I thought for the longest time it was on Apple until I realized, yeah, it was going to be on Well, they Peacock. use those Apple headphones so often. Everybody has the <laughs> Apple headphones in their head. So, yeah. <laughs> but overall, yeah, it seems like the show has... Uh, the 6.9 on IMDb, I think, only had, like, 500 reviews. So, once more people were review it i think it's probably going to shoot up a little bit but it seems yeah. like for the most part everyone's enjoying the show yeah i'll tell you the wily character again my favorite but the, probably the stupid funniest one is definitely the main guy especially when he like goes on his own errand to try to save wily like he is just gung-ho about thinking that he's he's like leading the mission into a what jq is that who you're talking, yeah, I'm still about? talking yeah, about jq yeah. yeah and he he jumps out of a plane with like no shirt on and it's just ridiculous. so he's he's playing his egg character or the guy from episodes that he plays the guy in episodes right? he always he also played crazy but that was just because he was off his meds and so he was like canceling tv shows <laughs> left and right he was like a tv exec this is on a whole different level and you don't get to see it till episode four but i'm assuming you're gonna watch the rest of the series uh, i wasn't planning on it actually but yeah maybe probably okay at some point it's it's long episodes so they take a while to get through okay. but all right thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye